Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who's going to inspire you in some way. How about being a leader in your field? These amazing women are role models for creating positive relationships, building successful careers, or helping you discover your own leadership talents to follow your passion and your purpose. You know, helping women share their stories is one of my greatest joys. That's why I've I've continued to interview these amazing leading women for almost 10 years, and it's been such an amazing journey, so much ahead as well. I chose 19 of the best experts from these conversations to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women to Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. It's available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and the business section of your area bookstores. So, if you haven't bought your copy yet, or if you know a woman who wants to pursue her passion and dreams, this is a book for her and a book for you. This week, I'm pleased to introduce you to another leading woman. Her name is Judy Hoberman. Judy is the president of Selling in a Skirt, S-K-I-R-T, which is an acronym for her philosophy and stands for Standing Out, Keys to Success, Inspiring Others, Results-Oriented Time Management, All While Having Fun. Now, Judy has created a series of workshops, seminars, and coaching programs that take the negativity out of selling. Her sense of humor about gender differences encourages people to embrace and understand their differences while supporting each other's successes in a productive way. Among her many awards and kudos, Judy was recently named a finalist for the Women of Visionary Influence Mentor of the Year. She was uh, a TED Talk speaker in 2016 and is the author of several books for professional women, sales executive entrepreneurs, including Selling in a Skirt, Famous Isn't Enough, Pure Wealth, and her most recent book, Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities of Women Who Lead. Judy hosts a weekly radio show on the Women, the women for Women Network, and is featured as the gender expert on Fox News Radio and appears and is, has appeared in several major media networks, programs, and many, many, many publications. Wow. I'm so pleased to welcome Judy Hoberman to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Boy, we're, we're on the same path, Judy. So wonderful to talk to you this morning. Well, good morning, Judy. So glad to speak with you. You're calling from Dallas. I'm in California, but we're right with each other at this very moment in time. So welcome. Thank you so much. Excited to be speaking with you, and I can't wait to hear how this conversation is going to (laughs) go. Me too. I'm always, always excited. Well, you know, and again, it is a conversation, so it's really you and I getting to know each other. As I mentioned uh, before I started the recording, Women Connect for Good is really, really the most important thing that we do is support the efforts, the the passion, the mission of other women. So uh, we're very much on the same page. We'll talk about that as well. But uh, you have a new book coming out. But first, let's start talking about something that I think is so very, very, very important is your story. You know, there's so many women that look at women such as yourself 
and look at you and say, she's beautiful, she's intelligent, she's successful. Things must be so easy for her. And I think that's where the story begins to really talk about how much in common we all do have with each other and that there's so many things that, that happen along the way, along our journey that really make us who, who we are each and every day. So let's, let's hear your story. How did Judy get to be the Judy we're talking to today? Tell us your story. Well, you know, sometimes you think about, like, things that happen when you're little and you go back and you decide that's really what made me who I am. And I think that the beginning of my story starts when I was five, and I promise I won't go through every age, but when I was five, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I had uh, older brothers, and they were creating um, a go-kart. And we were in the backyard, and I was watching, and my father kept pulling me away saying, girls don't do this, girls don't do this, girls don't do this. And so I would walk away, and as soon as he would walk away, I'd come back. And so it came back and forth a couple of times, and the next time he walked away, I came back, and I got really into watching this, and I was so close that I ended up getting a hammer in my cheek. Uh And the the pain was pretty bad, but I knew what my father was going to say to me was going to hurt worse because girls don't do this. And so, you know, yeah, so the conversation was not pretty. I can guarantee that. But as I grew up and as I got into different roles, um, I was graduating high school, and I wanted to go to medical school. And he gave me the rolling of the eyes saying, girls, don't do that. And he presented me with an application already filled out and already approved saying that he had entered me into a beauty contest. And I had said, I want to go to medical school. And he sat me down, and he was very stern, and he said, you need to enter, you need to win, because all you are is pretty, and you'll never amount to anything else. Wow. Now, when I tell the story, and I'm gulping as I tell it, because it still stings, most of the women that hear it, you can hear the air being sucked out of the room, because we've been told things our whole lives, and we believe them. And so my job for myself was to rewind the tapes that I had to find what I was going to do that was going to not only help me, but help other women. And so I went through sales. You know, I was a really good salesperson. I loved people. I never sold anything. I had conversations, and I just made it easy for everybody else. And so I became like the salesperson with insurance and construction and so on. And and as I got more successful, I became a mentor to a lot of women. And, you know, a couple of decades later, after being in insurance for a very long time, I started my own company. And I called it Selling in a Skirt because I, I am female. Um, the skirt just was a representation of women. And it was all about sales. And it's, it's always so funny because when men hear it, they go, oh, I don't wear a skirt. I'm like, yeah. it's not about a skirt. It's about communication. So that's really my story and that's how it starts and I think if you go back and most of us have that kind of a story not necessarily good bad or whatever but we do have a story so you're right it all starts with a story yeah well you you forgot one part excuse me you forgot one part of the story is a a very very important person in your life you know I too you know it wasn't necessarily that I heard girls don't do that it was more or less that I saw what boys did that girls weren't doing, and, and I was never encouraged to do those other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I was very lucky also. I, I had a woman, I had a mother who also was a salesperson. She was one of the top uh, real estate agents in Washington, D.C. So I had, I had that role model. 
But I also was blessed with two grandmothers. Mm -hmm. And my one grandmother, who I was named after, Nancy, was a powerhouse. She basically ran the company. She ran, she was, I think she was 4'11", but she commanded attention when she walked into a room. You know how they sometimes want to put put you in the worst, uh, if two women walk in for lunch, sometimes they'll try to put you in the worst, uh, Worst table in the in the room. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. back when, of course. Yeah, but of course. my grandmother would always, they would try try to take us for lunch uh, when we'd walk into a restaurant. She, they'd like to take us to this, this particular table that wasn't a very good location, close to the kitchen door, as they say. Mm-hmm. And she would point to the table exactly where she wanted to uh, to go and to sit, and that's where we went. So, you know, I was I was very blessed and very lucky to have someone like that in my life. And you also had a grandmother. Tell me a little bit about your grandmother. So my grandmother was an original, I called her a fashionista, because she was a diva, she was fashion, she was everything rolled into one, and she too was probably 4'11", and she definitely commanded um, authority. She, when she walked into a room, people noticed her. But she, got, um, she was pulled over for jaywalking in New York one day, and when they wrote her up and put it in the newspaper, if you remember the police blotters, they had her age wrong. And so she wrote a whole op-ed about age, like, at least get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she always told me, you can do anything you want, no matter what, no matter how, you just have to believe you can do it. And don't listen to what other people are saying. And as much as you want to believe that, in the most inopportune times comes out this, oh, I remember, I wasn't going to be anything but pretty. And, you know, and everybody naturally assumed I had it all together. And and inside I was, like, crumbling because I didn't have it together. But, you know. Well, and and I think the important point for both of us and for yourself especially is when we have someone in our corner. I mean, I I can see in my mind's eye the people who supported me along the way. And I also see the, the faces of the people who told me I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think I have to thank both of them because, right. I, I mean, I think that's, again, important thing is that the people that oftentimes are the, the naysayers are the ones that say, okay, you're too pretty, you can't do that, are the ones who really motivate you, at least for some women, to motivate us to move forward. You know, you've written, you've written several books and We've mentioned that in the in the introduction, but you have a new book coming out, and I know you're very excited about it. It sounds like it's a wonderful, wonderful. Well, I read it. I read it last night, of course. Uh, Walking on the on the glass floor: seven essential qualities of women who lead. And you know, the book is it's a very practical. It's very down to earth. Um, every everything that you wrote about in the book, you know, again, just. I mean, it just it fits so well into what, what I'm doing and what Women Connect for Good is doing. And, of course, you do have a foundation now walking on glass, the Glass Floor Foundation. So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that, too. But tell me a little bit about the book and, and what inspired you to write this after so many other books that you've written. You know, it's it's interesting because this is like a, a slight departure from everything I've done. I always wrote about you know men and women connecting and and communicating and and mistakes as entrepreneurs make and things like that. And for some reason, over the last year, um, the the direction had changed to more about women who lead. And yeah. last year, my mission was to help one woman a day. And every time I would say it, whether I was on your station, my station, uh, speaking, training, whatever, if every time I would mention it, somebody would raise their hand and say, can I be the woman today? 
And to me, it was a very humbling experience. And, of course, you know, I'm a big crybaby anyway, so as soon as somebody would say that, I would cry, and we'd talk and figure out how I can support them. So this year I thought, okay, not only was I going to continue that, but I was going to even make it bigger because I really feel that women that are mentored um, become such – amazing role models for other women so if you've been trying to get through that glass ceiling and you've you've already accomplished that you're now on the glass floor so how do we keep you there and how do we bring more women there so I started you know writing different lessons different um, qualities about leadership and some of them people think well that's not really really leadership but it is leadership is not just about negotiating leadership is not just finding a seat at the table leadership is not just finding your voice those are important things but there's also some really inherent feminine qualities that we forget about so that's what this book is all about, and it is practical, and it, it does have uh, lessons and case studies and examples. And, and truly, if you sat down and you po- put Post-it notes or you wrote some notes to yourself, you can go back and say, yep, okay, I'm there. Yeah, so that's yeah. really what the book is all about. I've started talking, uh, speaking and doing, uh, doing workshops with my youngest daughter, Reagan, and the one thing that we're talking more and more about is leading with the divine feminine, leading with the feminine. And I think this is something that's really, really so important. Not only are we beginning to go back in our history and find those women who definitely led as women who made a huge difference, and you talk about some of those women in your book as well, mm-hmm. but that leading with the feminine that we actually now, you know, you, I'm also very much about gender parity as well, equal, e- equal gender parity. But the important thing I think that is happening, especially now in, our, in the history for women, is that we're actually leading as women because there's been so many of us. And believe me, I wore the suit with the padded shoulders. I wore the tie. Uh, you know, I worked in the systems where we didn't have the role models. We did not have the women to role model, to, to be our role model, to lead as women. But I think now, more than ever, we're seeing that women are coming out leading as women, women with their femininity. And many of the things that you talk about in your book are the feminine qualities that are truly, truly helping us to be effective and successful leaders and helping others to develop those skills as well. For example, you know, relationships. Who's better at developing relationships than women? And I think that's a lot about what you're talking about in your book and and along the way. You know, we don't get anywhere in this world by ourselves. And I think the more that we understand that, and especially women understand that, when someone helps mentor us and gives us a hand up, there's amazing things that can happen. But you also talk about resilience, communication, of course. That is so very key. You know, passion. You know, we, we actually now get to have passion. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think I hear this comment more and more often than, than I ever used to, is that being authentic, being who you truly, truly are. And I, and I think these are the amazing things that are happening, you know, in my history that I'm, I'm seeing that are happening for women, is that we're truly getting to be who we truly are. And that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think one of the, the challenges that I hear a lot from my clients is that they watch people on social media, 
and these people are saying things like, I went to sleep and I woke up with 25 speaking engagements because my website is so fantastic and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. they start to compare themselves. And I said, you need to be you. Why would somebody want to do business with you? Right. Not with them, with you. And you have to own that. You know, whether For me, people like to do business with me because I make it easy and because I, I ask so many questions that they know I'm interested in them. Well, I'm not going to change that. That's me. That's why people buy me. And so you have to find what makes you special. Why would somebody just want to say, oh, Nancy, I want to do business with you because you are X, and then own it. Just own it. And so, you know, it's it's always interesting how people, you know, they poo-poo passion and whatever, but relationships is the crux of all of this. We make great relationships. We keep them going. I tell people build relationships before you need them. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter who you're working with, who you're speaking to, there's the opportunity for a wonderful new relationship. Absolutely. One thing that you talk about, and I think it's very, very important for women to understand, when I go out and I speak to groups and I speak to women, one of the things I, I really make a point about talking about is women need to learn to, to be uncomfortable, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think this is something... You know, not only do we typically want to be liked by everyone, but we also want to uh, we want to be comfortable. We want to make people comfortable, but we want to be comfortable. And I think that's something that women, especially if you want to take on a leadership role, is that again, it is it is about communication, but it's also making decisions that aren't going to necessarily. Not everyone is going to like you. And I, and I love the word courage. Um, you know, I work with Gloria Fell, Take the Lead, uh, mm-hmm. and the one she, the thing she talks about so often is uh, sisters in courage. And, and I, love, I love that term because I think it really defines what women need to understand is that, sure, you know, if you, if you have, your, have beliefs and you, and, you, and you believe in what you're saying and what you're doing, have the courage to, to stand up for what you truly believe in. So. Women need to get past their fears. What do you, what do you talk, how do you talk to women about fear? One of the biggest things that people ask me now is, you know, yes, it's about courage. First of all, they want to know how I was so courageous. I don't particularly think that I was courageous, but no. when you break it down, maybe I was courageous. And so, again, you know, that's something that we talk about, like how did you start? What was your story? But one of the big, big, big topics right now for all women, no matter what you make in, you know, financially, no matter what your position is called, no matter who you are, they talk about confidence and yeah. how they don't have confidence and they don't have enough courage to show their confidence even if they really truly believe they are. And there was a story a couple of weeks ago about a um, a three- or four-star general in the Army who's the Surgeon General, and when they did the interview with her, they asked her what her biggest challenge was, and she said confidence. So it's it's everyone everywhere, and when we talk about confidence, all of a sudden – when people realize that they don't have to be afraid of this or, you know, or push this aside, they stand up taller. They start to, you know, show a little bit more of themselves. They're more authentic. All of those things that we talk about, they start to feel. And once you feel it, there's, there's nothing stopping you. And I'm not saying you need to be assertive or obnoxious. I'm talking about just being confident in who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and this is the other thing. Not only do they talk about the confidence level of the individual, the woman leader, but they also talk about being decisive, being yep. decisive, but also taking risk. And I think that's that's uh, another thing that they really do seem to measure as far as women's leadership is: 
if she decides this, can she take risk? And I think this is something that women, again, that confidence, of course, once you do have the confidence, taking risk. I mean, and I love your chapter about it because nobody gets anywhere without taking risk. Nobody. I think even the Dalai Lama talks about risk. We, we don't, there's no, there's no uh, stamp of approval. There's no guarantees in this lifetime that everything that we do is going to be okay. So talk a little bit about taking risk. You know, a lot of the things that we do every day or a lot of the opportunities are really taking risks. You know, it's, uh, when we were little, I know, especially when I was little, if you, your parents worked, or if, if your mom worked, but if, especially your dad worked in a company where they were there for 30, 40, 50 years, they got the gold watch and they were done. Now, a lot of people don't want to be in that position. They want to jump. They want to take the risk of starting a business. They want to take the risk of, you know, being in a relationship. They're taking risks every single day. But you also need to plan. You also need to be prepared. And you also have to know that you're going to fail. Okay, yeah. if you fail, yeah. that's where the resilience comes in, you know. But it's, it's the, the risk-taking that make people a little bit leery. And so yeah. we always, you know, we always talk about, okay, so what's the worst that's going to happen? What's the worst that will happen? And the worst usually is, I'm going to fail. Okay, and if you fail, then what? Because every time you fail, those are lessons learned. So, yes, you know, entrepreneurs are huge risk takers, and, and a lot of us are entrepreneurs. And you look back and you go, how did I ever think I was ever going to do that? And look what happened. Yeah. If you, you know, if you don't do it, the answer is always no. So you have to be able to at least try it. If you don't try it, there's the regrets, and that's another whole chapter about, you know, I regret <laughs> that I didn't do this. So, you oh, know, yeah. one leads to another. Yeah, yeah. My my goal in life is when I leave this lifetime, uh, I will have absolutely no regrets. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, uh, again, you know, I love some of the stories in your book, and I and I think it's always good to have these stories because it it reminds people about us all being human. The one about Einstein, and, and again, not you know his all of his even starting out, he was not considered very smart. But I mean, right. the whole thing is that when we truly look at the story of people, how they began, even very, very, very successful people, we find that they had their struggles and their their pitfalls, and they had to be extremely resilient. And and I think that's it. Not only are we going to fail, in fact, we learn probably oftentimes more from failing than we do from success, because success typically just puts more pressure on us to be more successful, whereas failure gives us an opportunity to truly evaluate what could happen differently, what, what's the strategic plan for the future. But bouncing back, and, and I think that's the other thing women need to get better at, is that bouncing back, if we do fail or, or someone doesn't believe in us, that confidence wavers in some ways, that resilience. So talk a little bit about resilience because that's one of my favorite, favorite words. Well, you know, and resilience comes in all different flavors as well. Sometimes, you know, it's just bouncing back because uh, somebody said something mean to you or you read something on Facebook that you didn't like. Or it could be major where you actually failed in a business. And I tell people all the time, you should take a moment, whatever that moment is for you, you should take a moment and grieve because it's a loss of something. And, you know, does that mean, you know, getting out a a quart of ice cream and watching Lifetime TV? Okay, that's what you do. If it means going out and dancing somewhere, then that's what you do. If it means sitting down and journaling about it, that's what you do. But you have to be able to say, okay, okay, I've been there, done that, now let's go buy the T-shirt and start all over again. 
And sometimes it, you can't do it by yourself. And yeah. people say, well, I'll just talk to my spouse. And sometimes that's not even a good idea. I always tell people the reason that there are coaches out there are because they're objective. If you have a yes person, that's not a coach either. But if you had a coach or a mentor that you could just bounce things off of and they tell you, okay, here's why it went wrong or here's what we could do next time, you have to be able to come back and come back even stronger. And that yeah. sometimes is challenging. It is. But I'm telling you, I, I, I wrote a book all about every mistake I made. And I made so many that I think I made up some mistakes. That's how bad it was. But what I, what I did was I wrote a book, and I said in the book, I said, okay, so here's what I did. If you want to do it, go for it, but how about trying this? Yeah. Because I yeah. thought if I could help somebody. So for me, bouncing back after all those mistakes where I thought, what the heck am I doing, yeah. I wrote a book about it. That's how I bounced back. That's, a, that's a great. I love, I love that idea. Well, I, I know I, I took up uh, showing Arabians <laughs> horses uh, several, a couple years ago, and I was a novice rider. And believe me, humility, <laughs> humility, and having your being out there in the arena is, is definitely, you know, again, it's but it's but you know, again, everyone I've ever talked to that has has been out there showing horses or whatever, you know, breeding showing horses talks about the good days and not and the and the not so good days. So yeah, I mean and again I think I think that confidence also comes from doing other things that you can build upon as well. Now this is this is the one thing I really truly truly am very, very passionate about myself is giving back. Mm-hmm. Women can the uh, Women Connect for Good Foundation was built upon that basic premise which is basically helping other women to find their passion, their purpose and their drive. And, and to fulfill their dreams. And to me, that has been my, what pushes me and, and, and brings me joy every day is the fact that, that, that I can go out and we can go out as a, as a team and help other women to accomplish their goals. Because building this community of like-minded women is so very, very important to me. But, you know, these companies that, that seem to be more and more successful are the ones that also are finding a way to give back. Because I think there's something very special when people are working in a, in, with a team or a company that has a mission that says we're going to make the world a better place, we're going to make this a better place to live in this world. So, talk about that just a little bit because you, you you have a foundation and you're also about giving back. Yeah, and and that's what I was saying when I started with the one woman a day to support and help. Um, the reason that we formed the Walking on the Glass Floor Foundation was because. The purpose and the mission statement is to support and empower women by sourcing, publishing, and distributing educational materials for women in leadership and organizations that support women in leadership. And that's a really important um, second part of that is the organizations that support women. I do a lot in uh, insurance and financial, and that's one of their goals is to bring more women into those leadership positions. So the foundation is going to be supporting that and and will be vetting out um, speakers and trainers and materials and having them uh, having the ability to go to these companies and offer training, mentoring, uh, mastermind programs, whatever they need in order to take women to the next level, to keep them on the glass floor, to bring more women in, and to just be able to be their support system. Yeah. Well, we need to figure out a way that we can collaborate on all those things. 
Um, what, right now, what uh, Women Connect for Good is partnering with Take the Lead, which is the, the goal is to have equal parity, equal gender parity for the women's mm-hmm. le- leadership by the year 2025. So, yeah, I think, I think there's many of us that are out there under, and we understand the importance of there being gender equality as far as leadership. But, again, the world will be such a much better place if we all are connected and we all get along and we use our resources to make this an amazing world, a much better world than it is right now. I think that, you know, I'm not going to get into politics, but I think right now this you know, the United States of America, which was considered one of the greatest countries in the world, we, we need a, a little boost right now. And I think uh, when more of us come together to, to have the basic premise, which is to c- connect and to create a better world by, by bringing our resources together, anything is possible. I say if you take five women, you put them in a room, you can pretty much plan and do anything. I mean, it's just amazing what women can do once we, once we sit down and we work with each other. So the potential is, is it's not even, you can't even count on uh, the amount of it. So uh, I really love what you're doing. And, and again, I think we're all very, very much on the same page. What what would you like everyone to know about what's coming up? So I know your your book is going to be a fantastic read, and as I said, it, it's very practical. It's something you can sit you can set on your desk, set next to your bedstand, something that you can just pull out and just read and just take tips and ideas from. Which I I really appreciate that about the book. Well, what I just want to make sure that everybody understands is that my real focus is getting the books into hands of women that really, really can use it and to those who can't afford to get it, that we are able to get it to them. The, the fact that it's about some of the soft skills that we all have that we hide or forget about, mm-hmm. it really is extremely important that women will address it and say, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize I was courageous. I didn't realize that, you know, passion was a leadership skill. So those are some of the things. And, you know, and if you just remember who you are and why you are so amazing, we're all different. And yet, you know, the sisterhood of women is growing and growing and growing, and collaboration is part of our vocabulary. So I'm just grateful to all the women that I meet and all the women that I can support and all the women that support me. So each woman should say, I... I, I want to be the woman to help today or to get the help today. So, I mean, right. I think that should be the mantra. But, uh, well, we will do just that, Judy, that we will go ahead and promote your book and, and, and get it as, help to get it into as many women's hands as possible. So if there's anything else that we can do to continue this, your good works and, and help other women to develop those leadership skills and to build that confidence, and, of course, that, that generosity and giving back and helping one another is so key and so very, very important. So I congratulate you on your new book. Uh, again, I think it's something that, that has great value and is a great contribution to women's leadership and to gender uh, equality and, and uh, in our country as well. So uh, yeah. I want to thank you for your time, your energy, and your passion and uh, wish you all the very best. And let's thank stay in you. touch. Absolutely, and let's get the movement of everybody on the glass floor. Absolutely. Let's let's get on there. Let's rock and roll. So thank you thank so much, you. Judy.